imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal. With your host, Conan Neutron. Broadcasting from a secret underground lair in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. A gigantic middle finger to everything that is rotten about music, rock and roll, and corporate power. The thing is, though, if you don't laugh, you're going to go on a killing spree with sharp nails. Confidence of a hero or a fool, I wasn't exactly certain which. Could not be more professional. That's like a science thing, right? Indeed, indeed, indeed it is. It is a science thing. It is a science place. It is a scientific fact that we are all up in your face. It is time for the one, the only, Protonic Reversal. Welcome to it, welcome to it, welcome to it. Sure, one more. Welcome to it. A 250th episode. Seven years. Seven years of doing this thing, and uh, I am very pleased to welcome any first-time listeners to the show, as always. I'm going to New Trust Protonic Reversal is a long-running podcast about music and musicians. This is episode 250. If this is your first time listening to the show, all the archives are at protonicreversal.com and are always free. No ads, no sponsors, no kidding. If you'd like to support the show or get episodes sooner, you can give $1 a month to patreon.com slash Reversal. If you like the show or even just a single episode, please feel free to share it along, like, subscribe, or post a review of it. All of that helps people find the show, and it's just a darn nice thing to do. That still seems incredibly awkward to me. Uh, it's especially awkward if you don't know who the hell I am and you're only here for my fantastic, uh, not even guest, but interviewer. He, he's going to be, we're going to be switching things up, <laughs> uh, which is, of course, Mr. Uh, Jerry Casale. So he, he's going to be taking over the show for the evening, which is crazy and weird and surreal. But he's been on the show a few times himself. And in this case, he is now going to be the interviewer and I will be the interviewee, which is uh, quite surreal for me. I think I described it as my imposter complex doing a red alert like the Starship Enterprise. <laughs> and here he is now, uh, Mr. Uh, Jerry Casale. Jerry, can you hear me? Now I can hear you. I, I gave a small amount of effort thinking that I could redo the theme song to be uh, Jerry Casale's Protonic Reversal, but ultimately I just did not have the uh, the, the, <laughs> the bandwidth, so to speak, to do that. So, But it's, 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 a, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to be seeing you. Pleasure to have you back. And... This is really weird for me, but yeah, we, we, <laughs> and, and it's important for me to mention, this was your idea and I think it's a great one. I just, I hope other people agree as well, but I, I, I would, I, I'm going to defer the sh- The show is now yours, sir. The helm is yours. Well, of course, when, when we, when we threw out that idea, the world was different place for you to know this is you're supposed to be going to the show. Is it okay if I share with the people what what happened? Yeah, yeah, that's that's fine. Go right ahead. Okay. I think 
It's very, uh, it's insanely brilliant to even be on now to be doing this. Um, his mother died in a tragic car accident a few days ago. Yeah. Uh, completely dumb life taking over the way it does. Like the last episode of The Sopranos where it cuts to black. And uh, he's dealing with it and it's, uh, it's hard for me to even talk about it. Um, yeah, your mother was only sixty-seven, right? Sixty-seven. Yeah, far too young. And, and as as I believe I said, her uh, her side of the family had a tendency to kind of live long, just be you know that they would, you know, yeah. living until the nineties was pretty. Were you on good terms with your mother? I tried to be. It was a it was a complicated relationship. She was okay. a. I had hippie parents, and okay. in all the sense of the term. So in the sense that I had access to all the cool records early on obviously helped form my uh, my taste but there there were some less than less than good decisions made uh when when i was young and she kind of lost her mind a little bit when her dad died and it was a regrettable thing for her she I forgave her for all that had happened and tried to give her the absolution that she needed. But I don't think she really could ever for quite forgive herself. So what I said yeah. is I want to have an adult relationship with you. And all that is in the past and we can't change that. So since we can't change that, let's have an adult relationship now and we can we can engage on those terms. And right. Uh, I mean, things things did get better. We we reestablished contact. Oh. I, I will say that it it clearly haunted her, and it was and the thing that made that so infuriating to me is that there was nothing I was able to do about it. Like no, no matter, I wanted to give her absolution. I believe she was did not feel right. worthy of said absolution. And when was the last time you- I, I I talked to her last week? <laughs> I mean, like it was right. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. What I to know. sure, sure. Yeah, Last I mean, it, 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 it's it's, and I even you know did the thing I always do when people die and be like, oh, what was the last, what was the last conversation? What was the last uh, thing that was said? And, and it was fine. It was it was all like I don't I don't regret any of it because right. I've had other people close to me like musical collaborators and mm-hmm. so on mm-hmm. die, but I this is my first parent I've lost, and. It hit me in some very, I suppose it shouldn't be surprising ways, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it, it, it hit me. It hit me hard, and yeah, it just wasn't a, wasn't a call. I had to make a couple of calls that I. It's always, it is. It is always surprising. It, yeah. it's, it's surprising. I, it's been a weird. Oh. It's been a weird week, man. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's that's all. That's all there is to it. She with other people in the. No, it was. Uh, she she had one of these. See, I'm one of these freaking uh, smart cars, these little, like, little death machines. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know all the details of the, of the accident, but she, um, she it was a okay. single-car single accident, yeah. and uh, th- those things are not known for their sturdiness, let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah, they're not so smart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the smart uh, is debatable, or maybe it should well, even be in quotation marks, yeah. I'm pouring out. Exactly. I'm getting a... Um, a band here that says your internet is unstable, which I don't know why, because yesterday 
I had two Zoom meetings that were completely fine. So I'm not sure what's going on here. And I'm sorry. Can seems, you hear me? It seems to be okay now. Yeah, it seems to be okay now. Okay. Well, I'm pouring out all the empathy that I can even have as a semi-robot person on the spectrum. Because I just can't believe what happened to you. Um, <laughs> Thank you. And you are incredibly strong to even be on the show right now. <laughs> well, and I it is 250, so I guess you have something that you felt compelled to live up to. I think milestones are important. And I think as someone that I've chosen to define myself by what I do uh, and my actions, I think it's important to observe those things. And don't get me wrong, the thought of just, you know, saying like, hey, let's forget about this. Let's not do it. Yeah. Uh, that, that certainly normally came to mind. It was like, well, I don't know. And, and then then I just I thought about the fact that like, OK, why do I define myself by what it is that I do? Why is this show about why do you do what you do? Well, part of the reasons is that, I mean, if you go back to yeah, I feel like I should be laying down at the shrink's office. Right. But uh, <laughs> My mother, she was deprived of approval from her mother. Well, yeah, this is a this is a masked masked off moment. Yeah, I, I, so mm -hmm. my mom was always very supportive of what I did, but she was supportive in a way that was was like it's not that the content didn't matter, but uh, she almost overcompensated for what her mom did for her, uh, which is to say deprive any kind of approval at all because it wasn't the correct path, and. Having had a lot of time to reflect this week, I thought about the fact that, you know, she always was, yeah. was a big booster about. Yeah, parent over corrects for what. <laughs> it goes back and forth. It's it's a uh, it's a give and take, right? You have you have the uh, the, the Alex P. Keatons and you have the uh, yeah. uh, Michael Gross. There we go. Yeah, and it, which isn't to say that I turned out to be like you know conservative necessarily <laughs> or anything, but like uh, it just for me, punk rock was so. Well, and finding, you know, and, not, and by punk rock, I mean finding out about, you know, bands like yourself and like, you know, Captain Beefheart and, and things like that, too, of just like, oh, no, you can push the boundaries of what it is to do something. But it isn't defined by this par cultural paradigm that doesn't speak to you. Uh, meaning that, like, I had nothing against, uh, you know, I, right. I, I, I mean, I, I listened to plenty of Neil Young this week. Uh, which is one of my mom's favorites. And I, I have, I listen to a lot of that music now, but it wasn't my music. It wasn't music that like found me and kind of shook me by the lapels and said like, hey, pay attention to this. You always say that like, I don't have a lot of rebellion stories. Right. Like it wasn't rebellious for me to go take drugs. My parents were doing that. I had hippie parents. I got to see everything about heroin done in front of me by the time I was 12 years old. But... You know, my act of rebellion is to kind of create order from chaos, because that's what I had to do. Actually, what you're doing right now is you're probably answering the first... I'm, I'm saying I'm, I'm going to pour myself a little bit of my last okay. 50 by 50. Protonic Reversal brought to you by 50 by 50. Ah! What do you have, the Pinot Noir? I do. It's it's my it's the last bottle, and I figure if there's ever an opportunity to do it. The Pinot Noir? Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> Well, I have to say it is good, even if I have to blow my own horn here, it is good. But you were answering the first question that I didn't even ask. Right. <laughs> I, 
Sorry, I'm, but was, I'm happy you did that because I was going to say, Conan, I was going to say, what set you on your path? Because, you know, the last time we spoke, you were interviewing me and I didn't know much about you, I'll be honest. And then I went and found out about you and I went, oh, my God, OK, this guy, you know, he took the red pill a long time ago and he's got this storied group of musician friends and he's done all this work and he's definitely uh, socially consciousness uh, oriented and politically active and, uh, you know, confrontational in his music. And I was very impressed with the whole thing. And I thought, what's him on this path? And you've been answering that. <laughs> Completely you started right in on yeah. it. <laughs> and it totally makes sense because we all have that story. Yeah. My parents were blue collar authoritarian. So, I said, fuck you to everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and it, it, it's wild that I don't think there's a ton of, I don't think there's a ton of people that have kind of my story, which is it wasn't like there was anything really to rebel against with my parents other than the fact that, you know. No. <laughs> I'll catch up with this delicately. Uh, you know, the, the rebellion Except was. rebellion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 like, like I probably could have feel, you know feel dressed and assembled a bong or something by the time I was eight. You know, <laughs> you know. Like, <laughs> I distinctly remember, uh, you know, this this is this is. Uh, right. I remember having to separate the 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 weed, the the stems and the seeds. Uh, I remember my mom put me on that task because I had I had small hands and I thought it looked like fun. So. She- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so there you yeah. that was so that was my childhood. It was definitely the great pot that was going on back when. It was a lot of work. A lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> you'd smoke a whole joint and then you'd turn to your friends and go, Do you feel anything? Do you feel anything? <laughs> I think it was nutmeg. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not that way now. No, today it's not your mama's pot. No, it's, it's certainly uh, not. High tech, hydroponic, really intense. GMO style. Teenagers are definitely are. They're getting addicted. Yeah. You're getting addicted because it's so strong. Well, and it's nobody wants to hear that, but it's, it's. You know, your brain isn't completely formed. The frontal, frontal lobes of your brain isn't completely formed until 25. Yeah. So all these 17 year olds that are smoking like hydroponic sativa and vaping it. They are really mutating themselves. They really are. <clears throat> yeah, They're, and and you don't you don't want to say too much about it because you don't want to be put onto the the side that is for prohibition. And <laughs> there is maybe some oh. kernel of a point to some of that. Yeah, you know. No, I'm never for quote. I'm never, I'm never for prohibition. Never. Yeah. I think people should have the right to fuck themselves up. Yeah. Exactly, <laughs> but it but it is it's also like it acknowledges the risk, and of course, this country is so backwards in ter- in terms of uh, educating people about what drugs even are, let alone like you know the the real life ramifications for it. I mean, it's 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 no wonder it's just like sex education. Don't get me started on that. The problem with the whole culture that, especially when when I was growing up, things were bad. They didn't. They didn't look at sex as an art. They didn't look at drugs as part of almost a religious ritual of creativity. It was just bad. Yeah. So 
you think sex is like you know eating junk food and you think doing drugs is like going to hell so you you miss the whole benefit of the level of life and the spirit of life that you could be living because they ruined the meaning of these really powerful things like sex and drugs right exactly just just by Putting in the, uh, the the good or bad column, like I, I think I made a um, analogy yeah. to the terrible slash hilarious and awesome movie Zardos starring uh, Sean Connery from the eighties that had this gigantic head that floated down. I was like, right, <laughs> said the, the gun, gun is good. the gun is good, penis is bad. <laughs> the penis is bad. Yeah, exactly. I love it. <laughs> weird movie and like still weird. Remember what Zardos says? It says the gun is good. The penis is bad. Yep. <laughs> I think if it if it had just been uh, the opening. Yeah. Well, well Sean Connery, the pony came up. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's yes. Here's my next question. Okay. Great. What was your birth name? Oh, I was born a Conan. So I was born a Conan, but I chose to become a Neutron. Is is how I say it when anybody they named you Conan. They named me. They sure did. <laughs> I was named after Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, who okay. who wrote the uh, the Sherlock. Okay, so you- yeah, that was okay. Uh, when I started writing for zines, fanzines, uh, in in uh, when I was uh, in high school, uh, is when I decided that yes. I wanted to be. I wanted to have my own punk rock. Like, Iggy Pop wasn't named Iggy Pop when he it was James Osterberg, right? And like, who's who's gonna go see James Osterberg and the Stooges? You know. <laughs> <laughs> right. right, but he became Iggy Iguana, and I was like, "Oh, that's cool!" And right. without enabling right. any stalkers, my government name <laughs> is not that far off from Neutron. But uh, yeah, I was born a Conan, and I, I chose to become a Neutron. Got it. Well, it's such a good name, and I I was assuming that it was an acquired, like, alter ego or persona, the way you know I was. I, in college, I was Gorge. Then in graduate school, I was Protar. And then, you know, I mean, we all did those things. Uh, and certainly the punk movement was was full of people who had assumed names, like, you know, really good ones, too. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and that I found I took a lot of inspiration from that because part of the thing that made me anyway. so enraptured with the world of punk rock was the idea of being able to define yourself and to be able to find your own identity, not through happenstance. Yeah, creating a new identity. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And, you know, it's, it's right. I, not to put too exactly. fine a point on it, but the work you guys did, yeah. these dudes came from Ohio. <laughs> you know, and they, it's like, oh, wow, really? Like, they seem like they're from outer space. That's awesome. <laughs> so the fact that I came from this crappy central valley farming town full of like casual racism and sexism sort of like well that doesn't need to be who you are right right and clearly you uh you set yourself on a path early on like you had some kind of revelation like most creative kids do they they see things and they keep them in mind and they understand so they have a concept and obviously, you did that early on. When did you first pick up a guitar? Oh gosh, I guess it was about fifteen. Uh, and this—it it sounds like a made-up story, but it's—it's a hundred percent the truth that I was just sitting 
sitting in my, in my chair reading uh, either a comic book or a, you know Stephen King book, you know something along those lines. And my best friend in the world, Clay, comes to the door. He's got a bass strapped around his neck, <laughs> and he says, "I just bought this bass. You need to buy a guitar so we can be a band." And I said, "Okay." <laughs> I put the book down <laughs> and I asked my grandma to take me to the store to buy a guitar. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, what, is there anything more more simple than that? Like, you need to no, buy a I guitar. Like so we can uh, get a band. If I was going to move. <laughs> Seems scripted, right? But I, it was exactly well, how Well, if that scene was movie, the whole audience would laugh. Yeah, of course, absolutely. And, and it's in, in the movie, yeah. there would probably be more talent. So you did that. I did that. And, and there was not. I wasn't any good at it for, you know, like, as you can imagine, uh, for a pretty long amount of time. And the guy, Clay, who is my best friend, he's also who I moved out to the Bay Area with. If anybody in my high school had known what the term gestalt entity meant, they probably would have applied it to us because they basically thought of us as like one unit. We were inseparable. (laughs) Uh-huh. And we made comic books. We had this public access show. Uh-huh. We just were using any resources we had, which were almost none, to escape the mundane, mediocre misery of of living in you know a, a nondescript American town that is trying to reject you like a virus the entire time. So you guys were conceptually and creatively bonded, collaborated. We would put together album concepts and album titles, what logos should look like, all of that, without any play, lick of music. Let's let's be clear about that. That, that was a <laughs> very much a lower priority item for us. The, the way it was for us, and I realize this as an adult. Oh, I, I respect that. The, the way it was is, is that we were trying to create an escape. And I feel like maybe that's that's different for kids now because they have the internet, they have social media. You can, it's just different. But we we needed to create a haven away from the dudes in trucks yelling "homo" from uh, or worse from uh, <laughs> uh, while they're shirtless in the back, maybe while you're on a date with someone, which is like, yeah. hmm, I'm sorry, so. You're, you're the dudes that are shirtless in the back of a truck together, but fine. Okay. Well, I, mean, I think that story, you, yeah, I mean, your story is my story, the same as 10,000 musicians and artists' stories. Uh, it's exactly what happens. And you do have to create an alternate world and a haven uh, to, to um, thrive, to protect your creativity. Yeah. And I'm all for starting with ideas and then making music to live up to those ideas. That makes sense to me. That's, you know? a, that, that's, that's not that far off from how I you think you started. have an idea, personally. Right. I have that bias. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. When, when I did a little, you know, not that I'm Mr. Research or anything, but when I did some digging on you, oh, Lord. I see that's what you did. Yeah. And then you released your first Conan Neutron with uh, Secret Friends, um, in 2017, right? Was it? I thought it was. A, I thought it was uh, 20. Maybe it was a little earlier. That that might be right. It's it's been the first record under Kona Neutron, The Secret Friends. I thought that was 2015, but maybe I maybe I'm wrong. It hasn't it hasn't been that long. But that that's been the yeah, not my first oh. band, but the best one, 
and the one that's most fully realized as an artistic entity. And it's funny you mention that because Clay, the fellow I mentioned who got me on my path, who in fact did not continue on that path and had a early end as well. Uh, way too early. He uh, He's on the cover. The cover is wow. a, a promo photos. Wow. <laughs> we did promo photos. Promo photos in high school of my, oh, him and myself. That's that's. That's the person you dedicated it to because he only yeah. lived to twenty-seven or something, right? Yeah, yeah. He he and he never got to be on. He never got to be in an album cover, so he he finally got to be in an album album cover, even though it was recorded. I don't know, th- uh, month, two months after yeah. he died, but. Wow. Twenty fifteen. That record was called "The Enemy of Everyone," so that was the first Secret Friends record. And that was sort of, so that was interesting because I used to play in a band called Replicator that I actually feel like of all the bands I played with kind of owed the most to Devo. (laughs) Uh, But just in the fact that conceptually it was all, you know, (laughs) dystopia, uh, man versus technology, you know, these big heady concepts, but uh, the the music, you wouldn't necessarily know that unless you're like, oh, wait, that's, that's messed up. Okay. And... I did that for most of my twenties. That was that was uh, not with Clay. That that was that was later on. You know, we got in right before the world changed completely, so we got to tour and and you know make records. And then that like people would buy a CD because they might never see you again. They couldn't just go to Spotify and you know heart the <laughs> heart the name of the band right. or look on YouTube or something. So I, I got in on the very tail end of that. Right. Before, uh, you know, it, it sort of like got, got into the party yeah. five minutes before it was over, I guess, is the, the best way to put it. <laughs> when, music, when music still had some value. Right. Um, rather than just be uh, a throwaway that's to be free. So, which is a shame because with the Kona Neutron, the Secret Friends stuff, it's certainly the most fully, fully realized of anything I've done just in form and function mm-hmm. it is right. and, and the people that are into it are into it and that's great but it's sort of everything's just a subsection a subsection of a subsection you know here, here's here's your shoebox to play in rather than like a you know your 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 house or something or your arena it's just and that's fine because it's for the people that it's for a lot of people don't realize this is something that I put together to kind of keep my mind occupied and keep myself working in the community when I'm not doing that. And of course with COVID, nobody was doing anything. So I just stepped up what I was doing here for my own sanity as much as anyone else. Ultimately I'm a musician first. Right. I mean, I don't know if anybody, anything first, but I'm a musician just as much as I'm a, you know, podcast guy or (laughs) whatever whatever the phrase would be uh so because of covid you stepped up the podcast because it's one thing we could still do when we're isolated absolutely and that's so how many podcasts did you do since covid uh closed it down how many podcasts since like march of 2020 that's a great question and i think it is i think it was at one 47 was the first one in the COVID era to, this is now 250. So, uh, yeah, a hundred, 103, 
103 podcasts, usually between an hour and a half to two hours long. Jesus. Yeah, it sounds sounds. Yeah. <laughs> well, and at least um, let's see one, two, three, four. At least five of those hours are with you, not counting this. So one. you were doing you were doing like <laughs> twice a week. Yeah, and I feel like I've told. I feel like so I've told, twice a week. At one point, five times a week because at the beginning of COVID, well, of course we like everyone else, we canceled our you know meager little tour dates for the, the, the tour we were doing. Can't do anything else. I also got laid off right. from my day job at the same time. So it's pretty much just me staring at a wall. <laughs> you know, what's the <laughs> stare at each other and wait till we die? Is that the, the Steve Albini <laughs> quote from Big yeah. Black? <laughs> and so I was yeah. like, well, what can I do? Right. What I can do is, is, is this. Makes sense. The surprising yeah. thing about all of it to me, surprising to me, is that uh, it wasn't just uh, like, like I likened it to after the shipwreck, there's like a piece of wreckage that you can you know attach yourself to and, and, and float in the ocean with. It's kind of been that way for other people as well and that's amazing and i i am incredibly humbled by that that yeah it, yeah. you know i i i under you know i feel that it's worth listening to of course i do <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> the, the fact that others get something out of it in a really hard time for humanity <laughs> you know that's that's amazing and that's I, I don't take that for granted at all right well, I mean, if you didn't think it was worth listening to, that would be terrible. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you've got to believe it. Right, That's, exactly. The artist has to believe what he's doing. I mean, it's like, that was the next question. Uh, you know, isn't it strange that we decided early on that we just had to get up on stage in front of people? <laughs> it is. It, it's a, if you stop and, like, analyze it, it's bizarre. <laughs> That's a bizarre... It's a crazy thing. <laughs> Isn't it? It's like what what's the what nerve, right? What nerve? Like uh every, hey everybody, I'm up here and you're gonna pay attention to me. Right. You know. <laughs> and it's uh, you know, definitely you know, I started off pugnacious and that never really stopped. I just kind of channeled it differently. There was definitely a I'm gonna play right through you kind of kind of mindset. I don't know. Like, I think there's something to that. Some of my favorite yeah. bands had that intensity of, of just yeah. being like, oh, no, this is hold the phone. Something's happening here. And I, you know, I'm not saying that I've anything I've done has been remotely yeah. up to snuff in that way. But like, that's what I've admired. You know, whatever the, the type of band, it, it doesn't matter. But just that that that. Oh, no, we're not here with the acoustic guitar playing the uh, <laughs> the heartfelt ballads and just having a good time. This is war. <laughs> I mean, it could be fun too, but it's war at exactly. the same time. Yeah, yeah. Well, it certainly is. I mean, if you think about it, all the stuff that you ended up liking the most, and the stuff that became the most significant in the history of music, pissed people off at first. Yeah, it was very hard for these artists to get an audience in the beginning. They were laughed at. They were threatened they were ignored because they were doing something that nobody even knew they wanted to hear yet yep well, pioneers that got scalped right yeah yeah what what's the first record that you that you released with with the uh, drummer from the melvins oh uh so that was so
So Conan Utra and the Secret Friends, That's that was uh, the enemy of everyone. And that's the one that has Clay on the cover. And that was interesting because it was the first one that I... Okay. Like my old band, they were kind of getting more into writing stuff in the room. And at the same time, I was getting better at like making demos that weren't totally ridiculous and terrible. So we were sort of moving in opposite directions. And I just kept seeing my friends doing... Uh, mm-hmm. uh, friends in peer bands and, and whatever just doing awesome work and like just really becoming their best selves and, and I just think to myself God I'm not doing anything right now and this sucks and so I had the idea of well what if I tried to make my make a record myself based on songs that I wrote I've been writing these songs and they, they seem to be okay so I talked to Toshi Kasai uh, who's a producer and a friend that, that we had worked with in my previous band. Right. I sent him the songs and I said, hey, first of all, are these any good? <laughs> and secondly, would you want, if so, do you want to make a record with me? And he says, yeah, you know, these, these are really great. I'd, I'd like to do it. He didn't say really great, but he said, he's like, yeah, they're, you know, I, I'm into it. Let's do it. I had kind of, I know a lot of people from just being around and, and touring stuff. And I certainly could have picked Mouse, from VNA or Chris from Replicator, like there's so many drummers that I, are so talented that I could, that I could pick with. But when you're do, when you're in a rock and roll band, if you're any kind of add whatever the adjective in front of it or qualifier, uh, you're as good as your drummer. I feel so. I made a list. I made a long list of <laughs> of all my favorite drummers, and my my theory was what I would do is I would go through and as everybody said no, I would just go down the list. I would go one, two, three, et cetera, et cetera. And hopefully one of them would eventually say yes. <laughs> Which I feel like is a good plan. Like I was, I was, I was being very methodical and robotic about it. Right. Like I was sort of like, well, you know, of course it, you know, it's, I wouldn't, I won't take it as an indictment. I'll just ask. And then when they say no, not a big deal. First one on the list, Dale Crover. And I, I, you know, uh, we had been, friendly over the years i had seen melvin's many times over i'd seen him play in other bands and we knew each other enough but weren't like good buddies at that point or anything but i asked him and he was like he was like yeah you know sounds great let's do it and like what really oh okay so like (laughs) so my first round draft pick was (laughs) said yes and i'm like oh okay so that's real now and then I thought to myself, well, okay, same deal with bass. It's so important. And I thought back to Tony Ash, who he played in a band called Trophy Wives, and we used to tour with them a lot. They were label mates of ours. And just the coolest guy. Like, the dichotomy between just being, like, you know, sweet, awesome, chill guy, but then just one of the most powerful rock bass players just digs in. I was like, oh, it's t-. and And just a guy that I loved hanging out with. Like, he's someone that... I, I feel like hanging out with Tony makes me be my best self because it's it, it's like, oh, he's so you know awesome and hilarious and intelligent and so on and so on. So I ask him, you know, hey, I've got this idea. I'm going to make this record. Would you want to do it? He immediately says yes. I'm like, okay, great. Dale Crover from the Melvins is playing drums. Make sure you practice. Talk to you later. Bye. <laughs> which which again it seems like that the, the same movie right it's all right the same movie from earlier but uh yeah and and it worked and so then we that that was the first record then we i kind of got a feel for how to do it and what i found is that a lot of things that i was 
that I had in my mind from making earlier records, like I was second guessing myself a lot. Like I, w- I was, first instinct is usually best with me. And I should stick with that. When in doubt, take it out. You know, see small like little lessons where I'm like, oh wow, I was, I was kind of making things really hard for myself. And really this was, like this is this is good. Yeah, I've got a good starting position for all of this. Like, and 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 so, you know, in a way, at the age of like I don't know, 36, 37, whenever I did that record, it's sort of like everything was new again. I was like, I was, you know, fifteen, and Clay just came to the door with his bass slung around his, his shoulder, and everything was exciting again. And and it we've never really stopped, and it's it's it still is, and and that. that what kind of guitar were you using? Certainly not the first guitar I bought, which is a piece of crap. But I have a a, a custom electrical guitar company, Jagmaster, that's based off of the three hundred dollar guitar I played in Replicator oh. that I I took all around this great country of ours many times over, rotting out every piece of it, having every piece of it having to be replaced at some point or another. <laughs> And it's it's based on that three hundred dollar guitar, and the guy Kevin he doesn't do customs anymore. But uh, I told him the story of why I wanted to be that one. He loved everything about it, and he made me he made me my uh, Excalibur, if you will. Like it, it's my perfect guitar, and I'm that's not something I take lightly either. You must use some pretty heavy gauge strings because because you're you some of these riffs you play, you're fond of like bending the bottom notes so that's kind of a a twisted, contorted sound, and it's affected, and the the the, the gauge of the strings must be heavy. Yes. Are they? Yes, they are. They, they that's that, and that is such an awesome musician thing to recognize. But yeah, I have to, I have to have bare minimum elevens, usually twelves, and, and that's the sound. That's the sound of that band. Is 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 uh, okay. All right. Which it I I just like <laughs> contorted yeah. is good too. I'm glad yeah. you noticed that as well because it's. Like there's a lot of music that's that's quote unquote heavy, but to me it sounds very safe. And even though they're conventional rock songs more or less in the fact that there is a verse, there's a chorus, there's a you know, bridge sometimes, et cetera, et cetera. I always try to have something in each song that's a little weird, like a little strange, a little devo, if you will. Well it's it's there it's it's got heaviness, but it's not it's not wooden. It isn't like soulless heavy. It's like snaky yeah. and kind of dirty. There's almost like something like some of it sounds like old Cajun music, but that's been oh wow uh, made contemporary with effects and with a big drum beat. <laughs> that's great. Oh wow, that's that's I love that. That's awesome, and that's obviously high praise from someone that uh, makes some pretty catchy yet deceptively heavy music. In, in many ways himself. Well, because I like riffs, uh, I, just, right? I, I like the sound. <laughs> I like the sound of your guitar. Thank yeah. you. Thank you very much. That That's, that's wow. Okay, so th- this is this is a horrible week, but it is now a good week also. It's, it's a huge compliment. I appreciate that. Also, it's not like you, like, you know from good guitar. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I got to stop. I got to stop doing it. I got to stop trying to turn it around. My bad. <laughs> yeah, but now... Now, now that um, it looks like for real that the uh, masks are coming off, what's next for uh, Conan and his band? 
Yeah, well, that's a good question. And first of all, since you mentioned masks, I'm going to, and this is not going to work for people that are listening to audio, but I am wearing my uh, science doesn't care what you believe t-shirt. And that goes out to all the anti-mask folks out there. Uh, just just had to get that dig in there before we, (laughs) well, I could, uh, because it's true. Science doesn't care what you believe. Uh, the, that's a good question. So I've, yeah, right. We have big plans for 2020. I, I, I almost feel like there's a certain segment of people that just don't either. They don't believe it's, it's real. They don't believe it's, it's, uh, as, as, big of a deal as it is and they're just they're screwing up for everyone else i not only i've been fully vaccinated you know I, i'm I definitely an advocate for it i'm an advocate for it if nothing else because i don't trust the rest of humanity to act in a responsible manner that's why i want to continue to do things i don't that makes you smart yeah, I mean, I would think, I would hope so, right? I mean, that's, and I don't think that that's, that shouldn't be a daring political opinion either. I don't, I, I don't feel, but okay, it is. So uh, most of the people that uh, that play in the band feel the, feel the same way, and so, you know, at what point do you say, okay, we're gonna go try to do stuff and not have it be a super spreader? I think everyone's kind of waiting for someone else to take the first move there, but then you keep seeing, like, you know, there was acts that I won't name that were doing shows the whole time or, you know, or or just engaging in risky behavior. The other side of it is that I think a lot of liberal orthodoxy is being the best at following the rules. (laughs) And I think that that's, that's a problem as well. Like, it's not like you should be in quarantine for forever either. And so, so there's going to be some new stuff. I will say that uh, Dale, Tony, and I have all been vaxxed. We actually did record some new stuff, and I'm very, I'm very excited. About it. I'm, I was excited to be doing literally anything other than talking to this microphone at whoever's on the freaking show this week. But I, we're really, we're really happy with the results, and that's going to be. There's like a few EPs out, coming out of that. A really cool high concept thing that I don't think I can talk about now, and I think three songs that are going to be in the next record, which is hilarious because the last record just came out in fall, but we recorded that in January of 2010, uh, 2019, not 2010. So as much as I stand by that one, you know, it, yeah, we wrote a bunch of songs. You know, I, I, it's, I will say that while we're on that topic, while I stepped up uh, Protonic production, <laughs> sound like I'm working at the podcast factory when I say that, but you know what I mean. Uh, in March of 2020, I, I couldn't write wow. music for a while. I was actually too angry. I, I was too angry not just at the situation that we were in. I was angry at being uh, about how I was, how it all went down with me, like losing my day job. It, it completely makes sense from a facts and figures standpoint. Uh, but it was, you know, it was scary. It was looking down the barrel of a gun financially, while at the same time, can't even go on tour, can't even do that, which, you know, it's not like that's paying the rent, but it certainly uh, you know, makes enough to pay for itself and then some, usually. And I was just furious. And a lot of people would be like, oh, there's going to be so much great music that comes out of COVID. All right, if you say so. <laughs> I don't think so. I was too stressed, and that's but what it was. But here's what you have. You have a history. You have this name. 
Some people would call it a brand. Uh, you have new songs. You, uh, you, you are very articulate. You're well-connected. I think you could take steps now to get on the bill of a lot of these festivals that are going to happen in late summer, early fall, August, September. Yeah. Get yourself on some of these bills. Get out there. I mean, you know when I went to Riot Fest, Jerry? <laughs> Uh, well, I, I guess I do now since we're playing. It. I was yeah, going to say, uh, you're playing, aren't you? I certainly. <laughs> yeah, I can talk to the promoter. <laughs> uh, I, I'm glad you guys are doing that, by the way. And I think that's about the, like, I feel like, like about August and after, I feel like that's, you, you can do it safely. You're never, things are never going to be 100% safe. I mean, let's be real. Shows were not 100% safe before, but, but. <laughs> It's never going to be like there's there's a time that you just got to you got to leave the airlock. Well, if you're, if you're vaccinated, it, you're not you're you're unlikely like one in a million to get anything. Yeah, exactly. And and that's if people are taking those precautions. You know, is, is it make everybody bulletproof? No, of course it doesn't. And, and I got to say, like with wearing the mask, I don't know about yourself. I didn't even get a cold. <laughs> this last year and i was like that's great <laughs> i know i know well no one got the flu this year the flu was almost non-existent i i, I love that i mean that's that's because everybody is wearing masks <laughs> when, when i took the first shot of the of the vaccine my only side effect is i got 12 hours deep uninterrupted sleep and like what i said is like if that's uh-huh. a side effect sign me up for every week this is great uh, second one was way more intense. Yeah, really. But uh, yeah. but but in that same way, if the side effect of having to wear masks is you know okay, well you walk into a place and people don't know if they're if you're gonna rob it or not. Well, great, that's okay by me. Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I know masks used to be uh, only worn by uh, thieves and monsters. Right. And <laughs> now it's turned around. <laughs> exactly. Well, my favorite is is uh, in cold climates. So here in Wisconsin seeing people without masks on when it was winter it's like okay you're just making a point to be an asshole at this point because it's already cold you know right. it's so cold your nostrils will freeze right. and you're choosing not to wear a mask because you're making a statement and that statement is you're a fucking idiot thank yeah. you <laughs> thank you for coming to my ted talk yeah well there's plenty of them as we yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's more and more. I, I, so, so I guess, but getting back to me, no, I think, uh, the, yeah, <laughs> as a live band, you know, bringing it to the people, that's, that, that gives me a lot of joy and people seem to respond well to it. We had some huge things planned in 2020 and like well, everything else, it all went up in flames, like with everyone else's plans. But I think, you, I think it comes yeah. a time that you have to pick up the pieces, right? I mean, Well, to be obstructed from doing what you love is really debilitating. And we like being on stage and we like playing the songs, right? Absolutely. And that's what I'm saying. Go do it. Yeah. I think nobody wants to be nobody wants to be the first one, I think is what it is. Like uh like I noticed uh a, a few tours starting to show up on the uh, uh, on the dockets and being like, okay, and everyone's sort of like waiting to see, like, oh, are they going to get 
you know, somebody going to bitch them out for that or something, you know, okay, well, you know, someone's already always going to have a problem with something. And no. like, no, there's a ton of shows right now that are scheduled for September. Yeah. A ton of them. And I think that's right. Big ones. I think, I think that's, I think that's, again, I feel like there are people that are very, that are very, very smart and very well-meaning that also want to be the best at following the rules too and make sure that everyone else is following the rules also. And that's, I don't know if that's indicative of our times yeah. or about caring about other humans or, or, or what, but it becomes, everyone becomes a hall monitor at some point. I, I, you notice that the rules kept changing, yeah, right? Exactly. That's what truly smart people know. That the rules are never the rules. Yeah. Uh, they keep changing. And, and it's stupid to follow rules that no longer make sense. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, re remember when everybody thought it was, uh, you know, okay, oh, you have to make sure that you wash your hands for at least 45 seconds, like, after, like, touching anything that has been anywhere. And everyone's like, well, right. uh, actually, maybe that was a little overblown. Yeah, they dropped that. They dropped <laughs> yeah, that. Right. Yeah, they dropped that. <laughs> the, I uh, I, and, 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 I don't know. Like, I, like, at what point do you do you say, okay, enough's enough? Like, you know, we're, we're not meant to be like sitting here, in, like in Carbonite, like in Star Wars, where uh, Harrison Ford's character is is in the, <laughs> is in the is in the queue being stored for for transport. No, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Look, I mean, if you're if you're really paranoid, wear a mask, but don't start busting other people. You know. Well, and that, that's maybe one of the only things that – I can't believe I'm going to say this, but it's maybe one of the only things that the American right has a good point with, which is that a lot of us really love telling other people what to do. <laughs> and they're not wrong. Yeah. You know, it's sort of like that, that – that, again, I call it big hall monitor energy. Hey, you can't run in the hall. Yeah. <laughs> what, stop that. <laughs> Fuck you, man. Do what I want. <laughs> and th but as yeah. I say, I'm not, and I'm try trying to make a mockery of the pandemic or anyone's quarantine. But it's just if there's one thing I I've noticed with talking to so many people about this, you know, especially during this weird time, is it's actually been in some ways a very unifying event, and that everyone's dealing with the same BS. And there was so much uncertainty about literally everything for so long, and then it's like, okay, right. well, now we have some answers. And we disagree about some of the solutions, but we at least have an agreed upon set of questions. Now, if we can just get to an agreed upon set of facts, we'll, we'll be doing great. But <laughs> well, the real reason to be angry is it didn't even need to happen. It, yeah. it should have never happened. Well, you know, Bin, La Bin Laden determined to attack America. There's a long history of that, right? I mean, they were, yeah, they were warned. Yeah. They were warned. In fact, uh, Chucklefuck himself said something along you know lines of like, "Oh no, you know, don't say anything about that. That's going to be terrible for for the upcoming campaign." I was like, "Okay, well, how'd that work out?" Anyway, yeah. that's depressing. They were both eating logs. They were both authoritarian. <laughs> they were both in denial. Yeah, they were both trying to maintain control over information. But liberals love George W. Bush now. Now he's great. Oh, well, he said bad things about Trump. Yeah. Fuck, wait. 
Really? Same project for a new American century? I, this is the guy you're, you're, okay, all right, all right. I know. Uh, how soon they forget. <laughs> Everyone's waiting for a hero, and that hero is now Liz Cheney, apparently. Like, really? The super uh, bellicose <laughs> Pinak Jr.? <laughs> she's an ultra-right-wing, she's ultra-right-wing ideologue. She wants to make abortion illegal yeah. and many other things. So uh, she's right about Trump. Great. So yeah. Good for her. Give her a lollipop. Move on. I mean, like. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like two monsters that don't like each other. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. This is this is a, like Mecha King Ghidra versus a Mecha Godzilla. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I just I just wanted to be as bloody as possible. Go. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Well, again, Conan, I, um, I, I salute you for getting through this hour and being able to do that. And I, and I have a feeling that if, you know, in the cornball world where we think about people in heaven and they're still, their consciousness is still there and all that stuff, I think your mom would actually be proud right now that you went ahead and did this. That's what I think. Well, I appreciate that, and it's it's a weird week, man. And it, it's I, I I don't know what else to say. Like it's I, it sucks. Oh, I, I think shock hasn't even set in yet. It's going to get bigger. Yeah. And what what I don't want to you're do, going to need some more fifty by fifty. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say it down. I'm down to my last bottle tonight's Protonic Universal, brought to you by the fifty. Oops, let's get the label in there. <laughs> <laughs> fifty by fifty. This is uh yeah. the twenty the twenty seventeen yeah. Pinot Noir. Oh yeah, you better better believe it. <laughs> I, I gotta uh, this this is maybe too much information, but I, I was um I was watching a, a a Korean revenge movie revenge movie sure sympathy for Lady Vengeance. Um, same guy did Old Boy if you know that one. Uh, anyway, I yeah, was, I, I I was. I was <laughs> I was deep in into that, uh, and maybe hmm, one quarter in the bag, not necessarily half in the bag, but certainly on my way to the bag. Uh, when I when I got the news, and let me tell you this: don't recommend it. Don't recommend that. Which is to say that you know, no one no one ever expects something like that. But certainly not when a uh, when a, a prisoner is ex ex prisoner is going on an elaborate revenge fantasy, and you get like annoyed that you're. Your movie just got interrupted, and uh, to have that kind of news, it, put, it puts everything in perspective. I don't even know what I'm saying, but yeah. Sympathy for Lady Vengeance, great movie, permanently marred by the news yeah. that I got now. But Jerry, this has been uh, great, man. Thank, thanks for doing it. I, I, well, I, again, I, I can't emphasize this enough. You suggested it, and I think it's it's beautiful. I did. And. <laughs> Like, like, I, 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 you know, when something like that happens, I always get sort of the, uh, the, the Star Trek red alert warning of just imposter complex of saying, you know, hey, who, who do you think you are to even suggest something like that? But I, I, I was racking my brain over an interesting way to celebrate seven years of this nonsense and 250 episodes of, yeah. it's not the Library of Congress. But it's something, and it's something that some people get something out yes. of. So I mean, it's I, 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 and I thank you for 
suggesting it and and doing it and <laughs> I I'm sorry our connection wasn't better we could we can try it again sometime with a better connection and uh, and I I, I admire your perseverance through all this hardship I really do well I thank you for that and it, it's you know, it's it's not like the work is everything, but the work is enough that I know no matter how I feel, just like in those early days of COVID where not only was uncertainty, I just felt like I was stirring down a barrel of a gun in every way possible. I knew that I can still do this and that I can I can get something out of it, even if something small. And it, it's it's yeah. it's moving forward. It, it's uh, it's punching off the ropes to use a boxing analogy, right? Like like Rocky Balboa being like, I can't believe he's getting up again. Jesus, <laughs> stay down, you idiot! <laughs> and and uh, get friend- out there with those secret friends. Get out there with those secret friends and do it. There you go. I, I, will, I will I will I will send this recording to all my collaborators. And- <laughs> See, <laughs> Joe Casali said so. Let the secret out of the bag. Let the secret <laughs> out of the bag. Come on. Brilliant. We'll see you soon, Conan. All right, Jerry. T- t- take care, man. Appreciate it. We're all Devo. So there you go. That happened. Uh, fucking Jerry Casali from Devo. <laughs> what a fucking, what a time to be alive, man. Uh, you know, if you came here for Devo specific content, there's two episodes and a something for everybody. Uh, a ten year episode that's all very much worth uh, checking out. And yeah, this is a weird episode for me. Sorry, I don't know what what else to say. But I, I this is this I thought it was very cool that he wanted to do that and uh, I hope you guys got something out of it thanks for listening and let's listen to oh I know what we should listen to we should listen to one of my favorite everything is fucked up but we're rocking through it anyway songs this is a beautiful world
place like home for that beautiful world but it's a uh, it's a great song nonetheless thanks so much for listening everybody can you hear me now this has been episode 250 250 250 of Coding Trust Protonic Reversal. Thank you so much for listening to it. <sighs> this is Jerry Casali uh, of the legendary band Devo talking to my ass. <laughs> Life is strange. Life is beautiful. Life is sad. Life is hard. Life is confusing, but... I enjoyed that. I hope you did too. 
Hey, hey, name this song is in the radio. I don't say that very often. Name of this show is Code of Neutron's Protonic Reversal. The show happens Thursdays. 8 Eastern, 7 Central, 6 Mountain, 5 Pacific on Radio Nope. Radio Nope.com. Say yes to Nope. Signing off. ProtonicReversal.com for the archives. Always free. No ads, no sponsors, no kidding. Anyone within the sound of my voice. Patreon.com slash ProtonicReversal if you want to support the show or get episodes of the show sooner. 50,000 watts of power. $1 a month will get you. 250. Wow. I remember thinking 25 would be something to aspire to. Fuck it, let's keep going, huh? Thanks for listening, everybody. Can you hear me now? Stay safe out there. Out on Route 128, dark Take and it easy. lonely. I got my radio on. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? to my top 10. I'd like to thank our sponsor. But we haven't got a sponsor. Not if you were the last man on earth. She was prepared to prove it. This one goes out to a special girl. Listener. Can you-
really broadcasting if there's no one there to receive. See? 